When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is great to be with you on a ball stick Wednesday. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. Hey, the whole gang here together. All right. Feels good. And I, I'm really excited. I didn't get a chance. We didn't. We didn't do uh, Tom and I didn't have a chance to uh, talk about this yesterday, Tom. Um, obviously, yesterday being some of the headlines, and then you and I were on the golf course over at Capital City having a good time. We weren't talking ball. We weren't talking about our jobs. We were talking about other stuff, really important things, gambling, and vacations, and the like. But uh, what did you think when you heard Patrick Sertain? I thought, oh, hell yes, please. You know, I was blindsided by it. Um, Might have put the phone down when I got home to see a Slack channel for War Chant say, hey, 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 hey. Bit of a whoopsie. Um, That is somebody who's got the pedigree in all the ways that we're looking for. Oh, it's perfect. And has a ton of upside to boot. It's So what was a gripe of mine for each of the last two years? It had less to do with recruiting. Although there's real upside with this hire uh, in that regard as well. And a lot more to do with what we weren't capable of from a technique standpoint, knowledge standpoint. I felt like Florida State was behind. And that was why I was less than bashful regarding my opinion of changes on the staff that I wanted to see. Specifically, I wanted Woodson out. It happened. Oh, oh, happy day. Glad he got another job. I don't like to see people lose jobs necessarily. I mean, I, I don't have anything negative to say about the person uh, in that situation. I have about others, but not that situation. But I, I, I was ready for Florida State to upgrade their staff, and Patrick Sertain is an upgrade to this staff big time. Now, the question is, is he Sertan or Sertain? Because as a professional, if you recall, mm. the pronunciation of his name switched back and forth several times. I loved him as a player. I remember his career. I think it landed on Sertan, but we'll see. We'll ask him specifically when, oh, yeah. when he's kicking ass here. He'll be here. Yeah. Um, so, again, you know, good luck to Marcus Woodson taking on down the road to Arkansas, and hello to Patrick because I this is a good hire here. Can you imagine? Imagine being a defensive back uh, of, of, of an elite caliber wanting the opportunity to, to go and learn from somebody who's been 
in the place you want to go. And not only has he been there, he's been there as a, a, an elite player, somebody who played the position at the highest level and excelled and can communicate. He's a guy that can really communicate, right? You, you talk about your path as a coach. It's more than just you played. Lots of people played football. Lots of people know football. Lots of people understand the game thoroughly in a way that if you were sitting next to them, they could point out insights to you that you've maybe never thought of before as only somebody who played the game can in certain situations, right? But that doesn't mean they can coach. A big part of being able to coach is to communicate that knowledge in a way that is easily absorbed and then replicated or obviously functional. So you have an opportunity to take that information that you're obtaining from this guy who played at the highest level, understands technique, understands all these things right, and is teaching you every facet of the position and then has the ability to communicate that in a way that is easily understood. Your best teachers do that across any walk of life, right? We've all had math teachers that tried to teach us something or English teachers or science teachers, whatever teacher you had, and there were good ones and bad ones. The good ones always seem to explain it in a way that was easily understood. And maybe at first you didn't, but they were the kind of teacher that could sit down across from you and understand, oh, he doesn't learn that way. He's a visual learner. He's an auditory learner. He's a, you know, they understood that people learn different ways and they could adjust their approach in that regard and suit it to what you needed. Well, your best coaches do that. They see what they have in a player and what they don't have in a player, how that player learns, how that player understands, what, what's the best way to get them to pull out all of the ability that they have and to execute on Saturdays. And I feel like when you hire a guy like this, and there's overwhelming evidence that he communicates well because look at his time as a high school coach, college coach, and a pro coach, right? Think about you don't get those jobs if you can't communicate those skills. You don't get those jobs. There are plenty of former players wondering why they don't get a job and they want one. Plenty of former players who wish they could get a job. And probably many good ones out there. Who knows? But And everybody deserves to get a chance, I suppose. But it's your ability to convey what you know in a way that is digestible. And I have a feeling just from his career path, and certainly listening to him and reading about his insights and what he's done so far in his career, that you got you got a guy. You got a guy now that you should be very excited about. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I, I agree with you. I want to get better, look like we're coached better. Our technique is sharper on the back end. I want to develop players that we bring in here as four stars and have them come out looking like four stars or five stars. Right. That, that'd be great. Development's important. However, what I cared more about with this hire was ties to South Florida. Well, and you got, got that got, too, of course. Our staff yeah. has to, it's got to, <laughs> yes, yes. have more of a regional footprint, a regional history. They're building some of their own history out of nothing, out of yeah. They've had to yes. No tenure here. Like Mike Norvell is is creating inroads in a place that he didn't have them before, and that's laudable. But it doesn't always have to be that hard. And so, to me, this hire I thought was about checking boxes for high school ties in the southeast and specifically South Florida, and they just check those boxes in droves. The other thing that makes me confident about this hire is Florida State was seeking a replacement from a position of strength for the first time in more than five years, where you, the resume stack that you got was large, robust, and qualified. According to the whispers of people around the program, 
we were actually a place people wanted to go and didn't think about the risk of going here. They thought about the opportunity of going here. And that's nice. So if this is the name you land on, you're landing on this name in a much better, healthier position than you would have been doing the same charade or sorry, the same dance last year. Not a charade at all now. You old enough to remember him at Southern Miss? Southern Miss, no. The oh, NFL in Miami, absolutely. He's a badass at Southern Miss. I mean, I remember watching him thinking, damn. He, it wasn't just the speed. He was violent. He, there was a lot of things to like about him as a player. I, I'm just, I'm old and I'm hearkening back to watching him in college. But uh, that's a complete aside. You are correct. This is further evidence that Florida State is in a position of strength in, in a way they haven't been in a handful of years for sure. And it's very exciting to, to, to know that this kind of hire is only possible because you've turned the corner, that the hard work paid off, at least initially now. You've, you've gotten security. That's what you arrived at. You arrived at 10 wins, which gave you then security moving forward, which in turn opens up the doors of possibility for coaches all over the country who see Florida State as an awesome place to work. You know, they, there are a lot of people who have jobs or are in a position right now where they're secure and they like their job and they're succeeding. But, boy, Florida State would be a huge upgrade because of the kind of clay you can work with when they're operating at peak efficiency. Everybody looks better when you're bringing in elite talent and you're working with elite talent. And the possibilities are opening up that Florida State's going to see more of those caliber of players. And You want to have the right guys molding that clay. You want a guy that you know can communicate. You want a guy that can get the most out of those players. So this is a home run across the board in name, the regionality that you talked about, the possibilities in recruiting, and then the teaching. Uh, I think this, that's a huge upgrade. You're going to see them perform better because they're going to be armed. That's the whole part of this, right? Put your players in a position to succeed. You do that by what? Understanding who they are, how they play, and what they know, and utilizing that. You're going to have a guy that's going to give them the technique to best utilize uh, the gifts that they already have athletically. So this is, I mean, damn it, man. I tell you what, I, it is funny because when you have this kind of excitement around a program, I've been here doing this show for 23 years and there have been many moments where you felt like they're on the cusp of something great, and then you have to see it through. Sometimes it didn't work out. Sometimes it did. Sometimes they got real close. Sometimes they pushed through the finish line and won a national championship. And I know that it is very rare that in succession, for weeks on end, all of the news is overwhelmingly positive. And when it happens, you catch yourself because you can hear it, you know, I always tell people, and I think this is true of any job, everybody over time, if they do something long enough, they're steeped in it long enough, and they work at their craft, whatever it might be, you be a scientist, whatever you are, you develop a tacit understanding of how to do a lot of things on a daily basis, and you never even think about it. You just come in and do it. It's been part of the regiment of doing your job, whatever that job is, for years, right? One of those things is, and you know this, you've been doing this long enough, and I don't know when it happened for you, but I know that it has. When we have conversations that are duds, when we have conversations that don't work on the air, when we have moments, it I know, guys, doesn't happen often. But when it does, we both can feel it. The other doesn't have to tell each other, right? I don't, you, you and I will just look at each other at the end of a segment and be like, that sucked. 
It's not to our standard. That wasn't good. I was terrible. It, whatever it might be, right? Other times when you're talking and you know it's good and you know that this is compelling because you're you're in it. You feel it. You you know, this is you're relaying that information. You're excited to do so in such a way. Uh, and and you can feel that it it resonates. But you also are self-governing and that if you catch yourself getting carried away, whether that be a negative or a positive, the little voice in your head says, slow your roll, man, that's over the top. You were overly critical of this player, that coach, this situation, the university, the fans, whatever it might be. Other times, when you hear yourself singing the praises of a coach, a player, a program, if you do it days on end, that voice goes, come on, man. You're talking about this program like they just won back-to-back national championships. You know, they're not that yet. You know that. Don't do that. Other times, you have to combat that voice and go, no, man, if the news is positive on Monday, then it's positive on Monday. If the news is positive on Tuesday, then it's positive on Tuesday. If it happens to be that the news is positive Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then that's the week you just had, and that's the way to talk about it. And that's what's happening with Florida State right now. Yeah, if you had 30 pieces, the most recent 30 pieces of football news, and you analyze good, bad, and indifferent, 27 pieces out of the 30 are good or positive? Uh, it's, it's I mean, they're very on one rare. hell of a run. They're on a hell of a run. It's just, it's also very rare, and you recognize well, it. Well, and it's worth celebrating, and it's worth getting pumped up about because the growth that you're going to see from where we are now to where we want to go is a lot smaller. The margin's smaller. Yeah. The ground that we've covered yeah. in the last year, hell, in the last six months, is massive. But what it's doing now is it's setting up an expectation where the baseline for this year is to make it to the ACC championship. Oh, That's like yeah. your baseline. It's almost like I'm dismissive of such a low bar. <laughs> Especially without the divisions. Yes, well, without you know, the divisions, like, that's come a reasonable on, man. thing. What are we talking about here? Well, and the exciting thing is in 19 short days, the ACC schedule release will be out for football. We can do our first round of W's and L's, Ooh. and we can see the sequencing of those games, those eight conference games. Which and I matters, look to that. yeah, matters. It matters greatly. It influences, you know, 10 or 11 in the regular season, but that's the expectation now. So it's going to be easier to be pissed off by Florida State in the near future because your expectations are higher. So the margin for error is slimmer, but we're not there yet. We are still in the glow of the 2022 season, so enjoy it. And this offseason has been off to a rousing start. What I know for a fact, and I won't pump the brakes on, is because of the access that we get through Coach Norvell, I can't wait for spring ball again, well, and it's going to matter greatly. We more fall- than it has in a long, long, well, long time. And we've fallen into that trap before where we you know, say this is spring really matters. Well, with his media policies, they do more than yeah, any because other. you can actually provide context for your listeners and readers, and they yes. matter more than the game itself. The spring game doesn't matter nearly as much as no, the, as the no. camp that leads up to the spring game. And we saw that last year; that game was an abomination. Hopefully, they fix some of the yeah, procedures. Don't, don't, don't run two point plays to start uh, the spring game. I mean, guys. and not tell anybody, and then throw picks on consecutive plays and be like, yeah. and then allow for the Welcome broadcast to the spring game, to everybody, just be one sideline interview after the other yeah. with like you know no, the, the whole game thing and sucked. The, it was spring awful. game sucks anyhow, but. Football access that we get with all of these new pieces. Yeah. You got one new coach in the fold, but with all these new pieces, there is so much crap to sort out, and it's good crap. I can't wait for it. And that comes in about two months. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It is. I, I've never been 
other than the facets uh, or the aspects, I should say, of the spring game that um, we all embrace, which is a return to town from some of our favorite people, you know, your best friends, your family, people who come back to town to go to the spring game just to be a part of the merriment, right? That I've always loved that. That's always nice. It's a it's a wonderful way to break up the off season and kind of embrace expectations or commiserate if your program's in the dumper. But, uh, you know, any of those kinds of things I've always uh, embraced. In the dumper we have been. Yes, but no longer. No, no. And I typically get so excited for that, it bleeds over into sort of this delirious, hey, you know, maybe the spring game will be good this year. <laughs> I don't know why. I lie to myself. It's lying season. And that's you start lying to yourself and you're like, oh, spring game will be entertaining. No, it won't. Never is. Never is. Best spring game of all time still sucked. So it's there, one of those there's things. A way. That, yeah. There's a way, though. And they have the drill. The day that we were allowed in the stadium yeah, before the spring yeah. game, mm -hmm. they had goal line drills. Do you remember, by the way, that day? It was hot as Hades. It was indeed. We, You and I walked all the way up to the top of the stadium because it was so damn hot. The problem with it, and this is no disrespect to the name of our website or the actual tune, but they just played the War Chant on loop for 40 minutes. I mean, 40 minutes it's is a, a little bit much. much. Bit it's much. a little much. Yeah, bit much. But it was goal line drills, mm -hmm. first to 10 on stops versus scores. Yeah, it was awesome. And it got to 9 to 9. I think, yeah. it was, or if it was first to seven or six to six, whatever it was, it got down to the final one, and it was awesome. Yeah, but here's the problem with this. And now we're on a separate subject because I don't want to solve the spring game. I don't care. Well, we can on Thursday with <laughs> ISF solving the future. I don't want to solve the spring game. My point is that the day-to-day -day practices in the spring are going to produce very exciting nuggets on a daily basis that we walk in here and talk to this audience. That is true. That is going to happen Cameron's, because there's real competition. Cameron's tasty nugs. <laughs> there's our segment. That is it. All right, sponsors, line up because, goodness, that sells itself. But here's the deal. Everybody's slinging chicken these days. Somebody's got to want it. My buddy Rob, who you know Rob. Yep. He's now Down slinging. Road, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Happy for him. I just saw him the other day. But uh, Cameron's tasty nug. No, so brought to you by. Yeah, well, there it is. I, I, but I know that we go about the process of perhaps not rationalizing, but attempting to create a buzz around spring that a lot of times is non-existent. This time we'll have to quell it. We're going to have to be like, okay, everybody, calm down. It is just spring practice. We're going to be that excited to watch the competition. Play out as far as the other aspect, and we got to take a break. We got two hours, Tom. We could talk about a million things. Slow your roll. So what I'm saying is that what we can do here with the Tasty Nuts segment, <laughs> we could advance the discussion. Yes, but what I'm saying, well, that drill that you want them to utilize as a substitute for the spring game is way too violent and oh, well, way too exhausting uh, to to use as a spring game. Man. That the spring game's a reward. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying that they need to do first to 30, you know what I mean? I'm just saying that if that's the way that the spring game started instead of two-point plays, like save that drill for the day of the spring game. Cuz technically it's a practice. As it goes down in the schedule, it is practice 14 or whatever. If that's the way it yeah. led off, People would be engaged 
from the get-go instead of confused and wondering why every quarterback is taking a turn throwing an interception to start the <laughs> proceedings today. No, Dad. You know that I don't have to pick a kicker to get behind. You already know who that is. The greatness that rolled in here from Etsu is going to win that job, baby. That is a foregone conclusion. Buccaneer. Jeff Cabot Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Jeff Cambridge Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you on a Balls Wednesday. Read from Andrea Adelson's column today. There might not be a team heading into the season hotter than the Seminoles. Florida State won 10 games for the first time since 2016 and clearly looked to be on the rise under Mike Norvell. Quarterback Jordan Travis capped a terrific season with a remarkable performance in the Cheez-It Bowl against Oklahoma, throwing for 418 yards running for another 50, and scoring two touchdowns. Travis is set to return for 2023 along with several key contributors, including running back Trey Benson and defensive tackle Fabian Lovett. The expectations are sure to soar for this group. Uh, yeah, that, that's putting it mildly, but the reason I bring that up is that it is somebody who is outside of this market. Just so people understand, it isn't just the homers here that are excited about the potential for Florida State to move into another realm of uh, the college football upper crust, uh, which is to say that, you know, that, that they very well could be a preseason top 10 team. And those rankings don't necessarily portend of uh, greatness, but they are an indicator of, uh, you know, the perception of a program. And, and, and the perception of this program has been one that isn't ranked preseason <laughs> in, in recent years. And that, that always stung a little bit. While we certainly can make the argument that preseason rankings are somewhat arbitrary, uh, I got you. They are based in reputation, in large part in reputation, and Florida State's reputation hasn't been good. It is going to be good now because of what they've just accomplished this past year. Yeah, the the hiring of Sertan Sr. signals that, which is you were disqualified from competing for high four stars and low five stars of most varieties the past five years. I mean, just, you, you weren't going to get them. Why waste your time? And you were disqualified from getting very competent, well-thought-of assistant coaches because your situation was not stable enough, perceived in the coaching industry, rightly, as not stable enough. You're no longer disqualified from either of those conversations. Nor are you discounted when it comes to the NIL game. You're at least putting out there that while our resources aren't as deep as 
A&M or other programs, maybe John Ruiz even, that you can compete at the highest level with big-name programs on at least a couple few players, if not more. These are all important signals to send to the various markets out there, the coaching market, the player market, the transfer market, mm -hmm. that this is a place to be. And it's a big time to do that as the transition in college football only seems to be increasing with conference realignment and then also the playoff shuffle coming after this next full season. It's gotten interesting because the immediacy of Florida State's ability to compete at a much higher level amongst the uh, better teams in big-time college football takes precedent over any discussion you might have of the long-term viability of this program so long as they stay in the ACC. So we spent a lot of time mining those depths, right, talking about, all right, well, what do we have to do to get out of this conference? Because long-term, you become less and less viable as you make half of what your rivals in the region in which you recruit uh, double their payments because of the TV deal, the SEC, and everything that we've watched play out now, even with the Big Ten and all of that. You know, we spent a lot of time on that because we couldn't spend a lot of time talking about how good Florida State was. <laughs> there, there was no other option. This was a more engaging discussion. But it doesn't go away just because right now you have a good football program and you have a good football team. Uh, it is still something that you are, I'm sure, behind the scenes efforting to get done. You're, you're hoping that there is a path, uh, whether that's a unified front with Clemson and Florida State, amongst others, choosing to leave the, pro, uh, the the conference or attempting to or figuring out what kind of deal uh, it would take for that to happen. I mean, I, I've said before, if you just could come – I mean, I don't care if it sounds outlandish. If you just had a number to shoot for, if the ACC said, you don't want to be here long-term, we're not going to be the football conference that uh, the SEC or the Big Ten is. We know that. It's not who we are. But we are going to want a parting gift, a sizable parting gift. And here it is, $1 billion. Instead of, you know, $700 million, $800 million, nine, well, just make it a billion dollars. If you can come up with a billion dollars, you're allowed to leave. All right, cool. I can figure that out. We can figure that out. There are a lot of, a lot of paths to a billion dollars, including one that would involve ESPN. So, Would you accept a payment plan? <laughs> oh, I'm going to write a check. <laughs> but but the point would be, you know, without that monetary dollar, that figure, that, that, that the number to reach, you can't even put a plan together. You know, you, you can't. And they're not going to let you just walk. And I do think somewhere along the way over there that is happening. Those discussions are uh, omnipresent, I would think. But the brass at Florida State and amongst others in this conference that understand the longer they're here, the less of an opportunity they have to compete to win championships um, moving forward. Again, it's a back burner for the moment because we're excited about what they can do next season. But every year you're getting doubled down on uh, ensures that you're not going to be competitive for players and coaches. Well, athletic director Alford never misses an opportunity to put out there on social media, retweeting or whatever, when Florida State has grand success in the ratings game. Which is always... I mean, the, the brand that is Florida State. To hammer that idea home as you're winning creates, even though it might be fictitious power when it comes to the idea of, you know, breaking a contract, still, man. Put you in a position you, of strength, you want people, certainly. You want people to want you. 
And if you're steady going four and eight, correct. Nobody wants you, or they don't feel the urgency to have you. Do what we did last year. Parlay that into another double-digit win season with maybe some bigger prizes down the line, like a conference title and a berth in the college football playoff. And then suddenly people start wanting us even more, and they see, perhaps in the Big Ten, the academic profile on the rise at Florida State, the path that we're on there, and maybe you can create a market for yourself that's competitive. Well, somebody's willing to float the payment because they don't want the other guy to get you. That's where you want to go. You certainly give yourself the best chance to do that by winning football games. It's as simple as that. It always has been, right? It's always about winning football games. If you do that, you recruit better, have an opportunity to bring in better coaches, sustain success, make more money, become more viable for others. There are all these paths, but all of them begin with winning football games. And that feeling of desperation that we had after a 5-7 and seven season had more to do with than just the seven losses. It was, man, we are not doing anything to help ourselves get out of this nightmare of a scenario that a few short years ago we really didn't think possible. And, you know, you would it, it just seemed to add on to that despair. It was not in lieu of, but it added on, and it was so frustrating. And now that's what's that's another thing that is flipped. You're putting your best foot forward. And the longer you can do that and sustain that, it's important to and I will continue to point this out. They had a good season. Not a great season, they had a good season. And by the standards of the last few years, it was a very good season. It's important to back it up. It's important to have another very good season. It's important to sustain that over a longer period of time. Uh, I don't know what the team's going to look like two years from now. I'm not all that worried about it. I am, you know, we're all watching closely, the recruiting, transfer portal, all those things about the players that will be here, but you have to position yourself to be, you know, a strong program over the next four or five years, presumably, if you're ever going to get out of here. Yeah, I'm worried about 24, but not at the expense of 23. Right. You know, it, it's if you have the kind of 2023 that we're all hoping for, which is that you're in the playoff conversation legitimately into November and maybe you actually make the playoff, then a slight step backward in 24 isn't the end of the world. But you can't lay an egg this year. And then watch all these kids walk because their eligibility is exhausted and, the, and their pro prospects are coming to roost. You can't you can't lay an egg this year. This is critical. This is critical because I think 24 is going to have a, a more of a moving part feel to it than this year would. You're going all in on 23. If this was a professional franchise, we would say that they're mortgaging the future in order to make it happen. Here's their window. They're going all in now. But if you can bring that home, then recruiting for us, too, in the high school ranks is only going to get better and yeah. better. Yeah. Z Chan, sorry I missed your comment earlier. I'm going to get to it right now. I see what you did there. I'm certain <laughs> that was a nuclear bomb of a higher. How much higher can this hype machine go? Woo! Yeah. Tom writes, uh, was TCU's performance in the title game the on-field equivalent of the unintelligible uh, <laughs> Lou Holtz sound clip that Jeff loves. Oh, that's funny, Tom. We had this debate yesterday, and you'll find that clip by now. Uh, we had this debate yesterday about would it have been better? Corey posited that it would have been better for TCU to have narrowly lost in the last second to Michigan and have played that great game than to have gone to the national championship game only to be boat raced yeah. in record fashion. And I disagreed. And the reason I disagreed was that all players would rather win a game than lose a game, period. 
no matter what comes uh, next. It would have been better for TCU's image, though. I don't think so. We had how many days? We had a week worth of people talking about TCU in glowing terms. I don't really think that's going to be undone by that performance. Now, we'll all say, as we have about Notre Dame and Michigan State and Washington, any number of the other programs that have gone to the playoffs and been boat raced and looked like they didn't deserve to be there, that, yeah, you know what? There's this level and then there's that level, which unfortunately usually resides in the SEC. And TCU became next in the long line of victims to that conference in which the physical differences were very apparent on game day. But you can't take away the season they had and the fact that they knocked off Michigan as a distinct underdog and the fact that they went from being unranked in the preseason on the heels of a losing campaign the year before to playing for a national championship. That is amazing. If we played for a national championship next year, I'd like to think we would not get beat 65-7. to But if we did, you mean to tell me that we would come in here the day after that after acknowledging that it was humiliating to get beat 65-7 to and call the season a failure? No, you would not. Norvell's taking us as far as he can. (laughs) We're done. I mean, you get to the national championship game. Sweet Jesus, man, that's a good year. Well, I don't bring the head cold. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk, Radio War Chant TV. (laughs) The fact that somehow there's uh, in the chat folks talking about smoking crack if Florida State uh, makes it to the national title game. Uh, What makes me laugh. So Marcus writes, Tom and I will smoke crack live on air if we play for a national title next year. He promised me that he would pay any fines as well. Love you guys. Thank you, Marcus. I thought that he was talking about Buffalo Tom. I'd agree. Th- that he and I Buffalo no Tom that would sounds like smoke crack. That sounds like an agreement Buffalo Tom would make with them. On the air. But I also thought it was funny that Noel Dad said that he was pretty sure Tom Lang was not going to smoke crack on air. He didn't exclude the possibility that you would smoke crack, just not on air. <laughs> Thank you, Noel, Dad. Oh, that was good. Way to call it to light. Mm. Putting Tom's business on Front Street here on the Jeff Caver Show today. Uh, cigars. How about we go with a fine cigar? I don't think Tom would smoke that, but I would. I would. What are the rules about that, by the way? I know we're not allowed to drink on the air per FCC rules, but I could smoke. Is that still a rule? I I mean, come on. I don't know. But I would assume that it is. Crack open a beer. Let's find out. I'm I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, I, I would like to think that we could. We could have celebrated at the end of the show after a big victory. We could all salute together and have a... But, I mean, I do think you could probably smoke a cigar. I don't see why you couldn't do that. Who's coming to get you? ATF? Have a little sip? Have a cigar? Shoot a gun in the air? There you go. (laughs) 
One, two, three. <laughs> Everybody's coming for you. That's right. Here's a big win. Really, really pleased that um, Jared Burse was on the ACC network, said what he had to say. This is, of all the players, and we've talked about this, that uh, you know, Florida State has been able to get a yes from, and there are a lot of guys I'm excited about. I don't want to exclude them. But Jared Verse, for me, I think like most, is the one that I was most hopeful for because just getting a glimpse of that talent this year, while hurt, was enough to let you realize that he is rapidly growing into an elite defensive end in college football. Think about how quickly this has happened. This rise from Albany to Florida State where, okay, you go from that school to a Power 5 program that wins 10 games and you have good games against a lot of talented tackles, but there is room for improvement. The thing is, that room for improvement will be, I think, seen because of the work ethic you know he has. He's obsessed. He's a hard-working kid. I've said this before. And I'll continue to point it out. Like a lot of guys, you presume will get better year over year. But unless you have insight to the way they work in the offseason, you can't know for certain. You know, we're just assuming growth because we assume that most people who are talented enough to get a college scholarship to a Power Five program must have put in the work and therefore will continue to do so. That's not always true. Some folks are preternaturally gifted athletes, just really, really good at what they do, and they're able to dominate in high school at a level that earns that scholarship, but they don't have great work ethic. They're bigger, stronger, faster. They have the genetics. They have... Now, that's not all guys, and that's not even a lot of guys. Most of the kids that play big-time college football are very hard workers as it pertains to preparing themselves to play football. Most are. I'm not trying to paint an ugly picture of star athletes by any stretch. Oftentimes, I think that they are, I think, labeled in a way that makes certain assumptions that have less to do with hard work and more to do with gifts, and that is unfair. You know, I, yes, it helps genetically to be, if you're a basketball player, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 as opposed to 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, you know, I got it. It does. There are aspects of it that matter, but... There are a lot of 6'6 six, six people who can't play a lick of basketball. They had to work really damn hard. And, uh, you know, most athletes do. But in the case of Jared Verse, this is a guy who is hyper-focused, very intense, and has been from day one. I mean, that time I talked to him before the start of the season, you, you, you could hear it in his voice. Yeah, there's a place to go with him, too, of, of drastic improvement if you're just talking about production. And some of that is with health and the snap count that he was or was not on mm -hmm. for a stretch of games. Mm -hmm. But he had nine sacks, 17 tackles for loss, and 48 total tackles this year. Nothing to sneeze at, especially when you're not at 100%. And also, when you factor in how many blowouts Florida State took part in. So, I mean, how many chances do you really have? You're not going to be out there in the second half of six different football games. Yeah. So you have nine sacks, 17 tackles for loss, 48 tackles. The year prior, Jermaine Johnson, just for comparison's sake, 12 sacks, yeah. 18 tackles for loss, just one more, but then 70 total tackles. Now, some of that is because Jermaine Johnson was on the field 
for all 12 games for the balance of the games because we weren't ever going to blow anybody out, say for UMass. So maybe you got a half a game off. But the other part of it is Jermaine Johnson had more of an impact on the game. Yes, than he Jared did. Verse did. Yes, he did. There, there are so, all kinds of areas for yes, Jared to improve. A, yes, a lot of ways. The thing that I love about Jared's baseline game that he has right now is the strength to compete with the big guys. He didn't show it as well against Florida and Oklahoma, but we know that strength is a part of his game. It's not just a one-trick pony finesse type move that he's got. He can also get his hands on you and stun you with a punch and throw you back. So there is variety to what he's got, but he's still raw. And comparing him to Jermaine Johnson's year, the season prior, there's work to be done. He can get better. Well, you and I had that discussion. It's always a delicate discussion to have because it sounds like you're degrading a guy who's been super productive in year one um, uh, you know, at FSU. And, of course, we, we know that's not true. We're not. We're, we're only noting that if he is to reach his true potential, given all of that talent, he'll have to develop more moves off the line of scrimmage. He'll have to be better against the run and setting the edge. He'll have to do lots of things that allow you to move into the first round and become a top-tier pick at that position. But the good news is that even though there is room for growth, he's the kind of guy that will fill it. You know, the kind of guy that's going to put in the time. He cares. He cares about his craft. Well, and again, the, the best case I can make for Jared Verse is that he produced on the level of sacks and tackles for loss nearly at a rate that Jermaine Johnson did. I haven't seen the total snap count for the year, but I'll bet you it's close. And I'll mm. bet the tackles mm. for loss production is higher per snap than Jermaine Johnson's was. But then just put yourself in the old school eye test mode of watching these games and watching the flow of them. Did Jared Verse dominate a game post-LSU in a way that Jermaine Johnson did several times? I don't think so. Like no. The way that Jermaine Johnson impacted the Miami result here in Tallahassee, that was a comprehensive ass-kicking delivered by one man on defense. And It a, was wild. It also delivered a moment that we'll never forget, which is him telling the coaches, no, I'm not coming off the field, waving the substitute off the field. Making a play to force a fourth and two with a punt. That sets up 4th and 14. Doesn't happen without Jermaine's hustle. Yeah, it's it's rather remarkable. Uh, Jared has yet to do that quite yet beyond going against a true freshman tackle in the LSU game. We haven't had a chance to see Jared take over a game. There was there was lament after Wake Forest where he said, man, he shouldn't have been on a pitch count. <laughs> he might He might have had one of those days against mm. Wake earlier on. But Jermaine was, on the whole, one of your favorite phrases, mm. A much I'm more, trying to push it out of the lexicon, Tom. Thanks. It's coming over this side of the glass. Yes, there it is. A much more complete football player two years ago than Jared was this past season. So there's a chance, though, for Jared to go out as an even bigger legend, but there's work to be done. Well, and you know what's cool about that? I think the same holds true for a couple of guys in that receiving core. I think the same holds true for Trey Benson. I mean, Trey Benson's upside and, and Trey Benson at his best is something to behold, but he is too inconsistent. Trey Benson has games where he's kind of non-existent. And he has games where he's dominating. That has to be a more game-to-game, -game, you know, a, that kind of production has to be a game-to-game -game occurrence where you just assume, oh, well, we, we got an elite back. You know, there are days where he forces you to reckon with who he is. But then there are games where you're like, well, you know what? Trey didn't do much today. Well, even though his 0-60 to 60 is among the best on the roster, you know, zero like his total top-end speed, all of it. Like, they've got the metrics just like we had back in the day with the, uh, remember the rocket scientist articles on Florida State when Jimbo put the catapult system in? Mm -hmm. 
you know, Trey's numbers are among the highest on the team, but he's still a, more of a patient runner than a quick hitter of a runner. He likes to set things up. And the coaching staff got pissed off at this, not just to Trey, but the entire running back room. Several times this season, where I, the first practice we were allowed at, you'd hear them yell at the top of their lungs, hit it! Yeah. Now! Hit, hit the now, hole. Now! Yeah. Hit it! Yeah. So that's going to be for this offseason for Trey. The good news is that he did it enough times to convince himself. See, that that's the whole key with him. And you see this with kids coming off of leg injuries, and I don't blame them. You know, uh, here you go. Here's a little name drop. Once again, it's my favorite name drop. When William Floyd tore his ACL, I believe that was a Monday Night Football game, uh, I remember talking to him about his rehab. Now, this is many moons ago, of course, and they've come a long way. Guys recover from ACLs and MCLs and so much faster, and uh, they don't used to be a death sentence in some cases for your career. Uh, later on, it wasn't a death sentence, but everybody knew it would be two to three years before you were back to yourself. And William said that even after he was given the go-ahead, uh, the to full contact, no problems, whatever, get after it. He just never trusted to plant on that leg and to really lean into it. Like, you know, that his brain would not let him put his foot in the ground and go because he kept thinking it's going to snap. That's that pain that's associated with it, right? And it took him like a year and a half before he decided he could trust it. Well, you need the evidence that you can trust it. You got to do it one time and have it work. You got to do it a second time and have it work. You got to play a game where you play to contact and you run over people and you see you're strong again and you're capable again. And Trey Benson had to do that. And he did it enough times that he ought to enter camp now knowing I'm a bad son of a bitch. Nobody's going to tackle me. That ought to be the mentality for that guy now because he did it enough times. And I would think that, you know, it takes time to build to that, but we saw enough of that, and more importantly, he saw enough of that. Hour number two, fourth coming, Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.